0: Welcome to the Opinionated and Melanated podcast. I am your host and new best friend Kimmy J and today's episode is entitled the category is live and if you are a fan like I am a fan of Pose you are very familiar with that phrase and I really am kicking myself because I came up with the title of this episode at the end of May and um like May 28th and I'm being that specific for a reason so I came up with that on May 28th and then on May 30th so that following you know that Sunday within a couple of days of that date um pray tell starts making his uh patch for the AIDS quilt and he puts on there live work Pose you know which is how the show starts and I was like uh now when I record the episode it's gonna be like I copied that and now after watching the series finale um and just heads up there will be some spoilers um it even makes even more a connection and it seems like I did it on purpose but I so didn't I came up with that name for this episode because I wanted to specifically talk about not only Pose um, and Pray Tell and all the characters I love on the show, but also Billy Porter specifically, because while I was down on my hiatus, um, <laughs> um, we'll just call it that, um, I just, I have been taking long breaks and I am being conscious of my boundaries. But while I was um, not recording, um, Billy Porter had some big news and some big announcements and a huge, huge episode of Pose that um literally floored me. Um so I wanted to do a whole um television themed episode where I talk about a lot of shows that have that have been um big parts of my life during this pandemic and in general beyond Um, just what's happening in pop culture. Friends had a reunion. Um, Loki, my baby, his show starts tomorrow. I'm so excited. Um, like I said, Pose. So many of my shows that have, even during this time, um, when, you know, not many shows are making new episodes, several of my shows have had their, their series finale and have literally ended during this pandemic that have been so heartbreaking to me. Um, of losing these shows and mourning them and um, you know I have felt like I didn't want to talk about it because there's so many real serious issues going on but as you uh, if you recall on my last episode when I um, shared with you guys all in my word for that episode is how um, television and our connection to special television shows that we love have a serious positive effect on our mental health and even during this time um, during this pandemic um, and isolation people have used these shows to still feel connected to loved ones to feel Like they have a room full of friends literally in the room with them by watching Friends. And and I've thought about just how important and impactful these shows really are. And I never should feel ashamed or feel like I can't share those things because of the times. Because actually they've helped during these times. So yes, this episode is all about the shows that I love and that have been um on my mind lately and in the in pop culture and in the news like this whole friends reunion was everywhere it was a freaking phenomenon so we're gonna talk about all of that and i just want you to sit back and relax and enjoy i hope you enjoyed the friends theme um as my intro by the by rembrandt um i know that song and backward i love it so so let's get into it guys Okay, so first of all, my love for Billy Porter. um, I want to start by saying it didn't start with Pose. Um, It has grown in the time that I've watched Pose and I've learned so much about him. But I fell in love with Billy Porter when I was in middle school. I was like in... I think I was like in eighth grade when Rosie O'Donnell put out her first Christmas album and she used to do the, she did two of them uh, while, she, while the run of her talk show. Um, and mind you how other kids would be watching, Uh, Price is Right when they were sick. I was watching Regis and Kathy Lee, then Regis and Kelly, and I was watching the Rosie O'Donnell show. Those were my go-to when I was sick from school type shows. Loved both of those. um, Runs of both of those shows. But anyway, so she did a Christmas album um, and the very first one and Billy Porter was on it and he sang a version of um, Oh Holy Night and it is still one it is still one of my favorite Christmas songs and my favorite version of that Christmas song It his voice literally took my breath away I had no idea who he was um, you know I just knew him just from before he sings Rosie like introduces him and so I found out he's from Broadway I didn't know much about him at all but his voice just struck me. You could tell that he grew up in the church. And I remember just a couple of years ago, um, like I said, it's still one of my favorite Christmas songs. He's on most of my Christmas playlists that I make, but I had a Christmas party and I did a playlist on YouTube. So I just kept the TV running and we so we could watch music, Christmas music videos, not just hear the songs. And he started singing. And one of my friends was like, who is he? And I'm like, That's Broadway star Billy Porter, and she was like, he sounds like he's from the church, like he's a gospel artist. Okay, like most recording artists, especially black ones, uh, many of us get our start in the church. So, like, you know, to say like, oh, he couldn't be Broadway because he sounds gospel. You can tell his roots. You can tell his his spirit through his voice. Um, he's just amazing. So, anyways, he is one of the stars of the FX original series Pose, created by um, Ryan Coogler and um, directed and written many episodes by Janet Mock. Um, this is a record-breaking cast with the most LGBTQ plus um cast members of any television show in recorded history um and that's amazing and not only do they tell authentic um really rich and meaningful uh stories of the the queer community but they share really um they share a lot and the cast members have to give a lot of themselves and lend their stories and open up, you know, some of their lives, you know, yes, they are acting, but number one, um, and what they felt, and I say they, and I mean the creators of Pose, felt was really important was to, um, to tell these stories, but to tell them, um, and represent them with true, um, with true authenticity and that means not having you know cis hetero women play these characters or not having you know it be a caricature of of a trans woman but that these um stories be told with a um with dimensions and levels and 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 truth and so all the women um on the show that um all the trans stories are told by trans women and so um or acted out by trans women and you know there's no um cis women playing trans women there's no um cis men playing trans women these are trans women and um you know that was groundbreaking people don't um you know didn't didn't always see a um a value in making sure that the people that were creating art representing um marginalized groups of people were actually played by these marginalized groups and pose really took that in full force and you know it has its flaws um you know dark-skinned women don't get as much shine um you know, and that's everyday life and we don't diminish that. And I'm, you know, I love the show, but I'm going to call it out because it, um, you know, if you watch and you continue to watch throughout the seasons, you see, um, you see it. So, but I do, I, you know, I always have to keep it real. Even when I'm praising a show, I have to keep it real. Um, but anyways, my dear Billy, I love him so much and he is a gay black man and he, um, you know, his pronouns are he, him, but he doesn't. He he's very fluid and he doesn't care like he will throw us um a she and a mother and just like he's gonna play speaking of i'm popping all the place he's gonna play fairy godmother in the um latest disney live action of cinderella and he's so excited and like when he was interviewed um they were like he's gonna play fairy god and he's like yeah fairy godmother you can say that you know they're not changing um the you know that title he is he'll be playing fairy godmother and and he can and that's fine and that's fabulous and i'm so excited to see it and see what he does with that character um so yes he is a he him but um yes i call him auntie billy all the time um it feels so natural to say and i know he would be perfectly fine with that i love him and his character on pose has been through so much in just these few short three seasons it's heartbreaking to say three seasons the show just ran its series finale it's so hard to say i wanted to say season finale it's series finale um this this past sunday that just happened a few days ago i'm recording this on tuesday and and we see the arc of his character but that truly um you know his um you know the peak of his of his character character's um storyline happened a few episodes ago in the take me to church episode it was such an emotional journey and roller coaster at times and it felt so real that i said billy has put himself in this episode i knew he had to have a very hands-on um, approach to this story line in particular in this episode. I knew he had to have a hand in writing. And it's so powerful. And I don't want to tell too much only because I want you to watch it. But he goes home. He's sick. He, um, um, Billy's character whose name is Prey Tell on the show. Prey has AIDS. Um, HIV, and I believe it has transitioned to AIDS. I can't I can't remember if they make that distinction on the show. Um I was <clears throat> I was probably too busy crying because it's very emotional. But um so he's sick, he realizes he is running out of time and he decides he wants to make amends and go home. Um, what was a what was so? I mean, there's so many poignant things, but what stands out to me is he was so close to home. Like he's only from Philly. He lives in in um, New York City. And if you watch, <laughs> if you watch The Office at all, you know how close Philly and New York City are they drive up there all the time they party up there they eat up there they go see a show and come home like it's very short so it's this short distance but you know light years apart in the mentality of his of his family back home of the the oppression and freedom and the love and acceptance just miles and miles apart in and how those two places made him feel when in proximity they were so close together. And when he travels home, he faces his mother, his aunties, and he faces his ex-lover, his ex-lover's current wife. And he faces the church. Mm. And... um. I will say, and here is another critique of a show that I I love and am currently endorsing and telling you to watch. I still long for the um the the monolith of the church to end. There is not one church, (laughs) so to speak. You know, like there is only one way that Hollywood um represents church and I know for a lot of people it's because they've only experienced that one way but so many who haven't still you know who have never stepped foot in a church or never or you know have never experienced multiple different types of faith and only experienced their one experience they all think the same exact thing about the church there are white people who have never stepped foot in a black church but think they know the ins and outs of every Black church because they've seen this depiction over and over and over and over again. With that being said, everyone has to express their truth. And if this was Billy Porter's experience, you 100% felt it. But I long for a representation that shows, um, that shows other sides to faith, that shows the accepting, side of faith that shows, um, that there's not one, um, you know, that there's not only one way to be a Christian. Um, but anyway, so he faces a church and he ends up singing, um, at church and it's so like, like I said, you can tell Billy's spirit when he sings anytime, and people have this very and i'm even church people have a very narrow um interpretation of what it means to ha- to be spirited in church or to feel the anointing and that power and feel that light of God within someone, and they feel that it is it is reserved and isolated to only those who you feel are living according to God's word and are, are godly and Christian and who are acceptable. But we forget, we're not the judge and jury of anyone. Every man is a captain of their own soul. You know, so even the people that we see in our pulpits at church, for those of us that go to church, we don't have a heaven or hell to put them in and we don't know what they do behind closed doors. And not just that, we know even of ourselves, those of us who go to church, we know that when we have done something with anointing and power or if we sang and we, you know, and people cried and felt and felt the spirit, we knew our lives weren't perfect. And we were able to do that so that that should key us in even by our own lives to let us know that you don't have to be living according to some code to have the gifts and talent of God on you. Um, And that's just for free. <laughs> that's just um, a little side note for free. I'm not here to preach, but he's saying with such power and you could see n- That it was healing, not only for those who hurt him, but healing for himself to reconcile that hurt and that church hurt that he experienced. To reconcile that with his his faith and with his connection to his family and to God. And so it was just this beautiful story that I do not want to... um, I don't want I don't want to do it an injustice by trying and I or a disservice. Yeah, that's better. I say made up words all the time or mis mixed up words. I don't want to do it a disservice by laying it out. You know, sometimes I will give my full rundown, but it was so beautiful and there's this intangible part of it that stands alone. So even if you don't watch Pose, watch. It's in season three, this last season. Watch the Take Me to Church episode. Just watch it. Um, Nine times out of ten, you are going to go back to episode one, season one, and binge the whole thing. Mind you, this is not a show you may want to (laughs) binge. Take it with caution. It's just like medicine. Because it's so powerful and it's so it can be emotionally draining. Um I will say for me um I was not I could not binge a show like this. So like I started watching Pose late. I started it on Netflix, which is available on Netflix seasons 1 and 2. The latest season, season 3 is not available yet on Netflix. It is an FX show and it you know if you have cable um or any type of of cable service like Sling or um Oh man, I can't think of that other one, but you know, there's a couple that, um, there's a couple different streaming services that will give you access to, um, FX. Um, I think even Hulu, if you get, if you have Hulu live, you can watch FX, but anyway, so any way you watch it, um, I started watching it on Netflix and it was so emotional for me and i've talked about it before um that first episode it hit me hard because it's something i'm really sensitive um to and that's when um when when family doesn't accept um their loved one when they come out um and you see that from the first episode. It's really, really powerful. And for me, it was something that was um too draining to watch back to back, watch an emotional episode on top of another emotional episode. When I first heard of Pose, I thought it was going to be like RuPaul's Drag Race because I knew it was about. Um, the drag culture and you know, I thought it was going to be funny and Kiki in and, you know, shade throwing and it has all of that in there, but it is a drama. It is true, really rich stories. It's, um, you know, it kind of chronicles eighties, nineties, New York city, um, LGBTQ culture from the drag perspective and about trans life and what it was like for women. Um, in the height of the AIDS epidemic in New York City. Um, it's a great show, and Billy Porter is amazing. And so, like, bringing all that back to this Take Me Church episode, it felt so poignant. And it felt like he was telling his story, and you connected with him, and you saw Pray Tell, but you also saw Billy in this. You really did. Um, You just have to watch it. And so it felt like something big was happening. I don't know if it was just on the show or if he had something he was going to share. And, you know, within days of that episode coming out a week or two later, he shared that for 14 years he has been living HIV positive. And that is something he has hid for a long time that he feared would keep him from working um He talks about how he was bankrupt, he was struggling because there was no lane for an effeminate um black gay man. They didn't want him. they felt that there was no lane for him to shine and um you know that he he wasn't marketable, and that you know and so he had his pockets of of success, but he didn't feel like the lane was wide open for him. And so, you know, hiding this, um, this illness and what he's dealing with was for his own protection. And, you know, he, he's sharing his story now and he's like, you know, he's sharing about the HIV status, but he's, like I said, he shared so much about, he, you know, thinking like he was going to give up on acting and, you know, the ups and the downs and dealing with rejection. And he's been able to share so much by letting this barrier down. And when you think of, you know, the closet, if you hear uh, the queer community, they talk about it, you have to come out of the closet so many times after that initial coming out of the closet. And when you have other you know, secrets on top of that. And you have other things that, you know, are connected or not connected, but other secrets, you know, it's constantly this big reveal and this big reveal. And, you know, you just see the peace in Billy and the beauty in Billy and letting down these walls and these barriers. And not only can he be himself fully, but he can feel... He can feel true acceptance and true love um, from his not only, you know, the community in which he represents and that he celebrates and that he advocates for, but he feels the love and, you know, and and queer people, LGBTQ, they don't have to look for acceptance, but to be loved in, in their entirety it is beautiful and deserve and everyone deserves to feel that way and so when you have these you know these contingencies these these closets you will feel like they love me but they may not love me if they know this so there's a guard there's a wall there and I want everyone every single one to feel loved in their entirety. And so, you know, many times, you know, best friend, if you hear me talk or vent, I will say how much I hate the closet. Not that I judge anyone that is in the closet or, you know, is, um, you know, feels comforted and protected by the closet because literally being in the closet can say, has saved people's lives. Like I know that it is, a protection and some people would be at risk of their home their safety and literally their lives if they're not in the closet and I get that but what I hate is that not only does a person who has something that they're hiding not get to live who they are and, and, and breathe free but they also don't get to feel the true love of knowing that someone loves them for every single bit of who they are, and everyone deserves to feel that way. Um, so I just love Billy, and I'm so encouraged by who he is and how he advocates for who he is and the people like him and the people that are unlike him. And, you know, I love how he, it, you know, stands in defense of. of of Lil Nas X. And, you know, he stands in defense and realizes, you know, as an older Black gay man, what he went through that younger generations won't have to go through. You know, I just love him so much. He is such a light. And if you listen to him speaking, acting, singing, everything about him shines love. And I just hope and for his continued success and i'm gonna watch him wherever he goes and whatever he is gonna do after pose i want to be right there cheering him on a long time ago when i was in eighth grade (laughs) i feel like a lot of these stories have to do with eighth grade um there was this i was in a like a wood shop class you know when you have to take all those different specialty classes or whatever so I was in this wood shop class and it was like the end of the day and our teacher didn't want us to start a new project so he's like okay I'm gonna give you guys like a trivia um we'll just play a trivia game and whoever wins like gets some prize I cannot remember what prize it was but I was like bet whatever it was I wanted it so I was like on and I'm not a competitive person like I normally shy away from anything where you have a winner or a loser but I was just like I'm in I whatever it was I was like I can do this and it was trivia and I'm pretty good at you know remembering little details especially about pop culture I love pop culture so We going in, he's bringing up old movies that I don't even know if I've seen the whole one, like Wizard of Oz or, and I mean, now I have, but in eighth grade, I don't know if I'd seen the original full, the full movie of Wizard of Oz and, you know, just stuff. And I'm like, you know, it was fuzzy, but I'm trying to remember it or Alice in Wonderland, like asking, you know, just like, you know, PG, cute Disney and, you know, childhood stories and, and I'm guessing, I'm guessing, I'm throwing them up, I'm throwing them up, I'm winning, and I'm like beating everybody by a lot. And this guy who, I mean, grew up with me in the neighborhood, literally was just a few houses down from me, was always bad. I was always, you know, I was typically the smart one and he, the good one, I always was the line leader and he was like always getting in trouble, super bad, horrible little boy. Um, you know, so I'm not saying he wasn't bad, but I'm saying, so this is eighth grade. So we're like, you know, teenagers, preteen and, you know, so he should be beyond bullying me at this point, but he just like, this ain't fair. Cause she just went in cause she don't have a life. She don't have a life. And that's why she knows all this stuff. She just sits at home watching TV all the time. I know her. I live down the street from her and just like humiliated me in class and like berated me in front of everybody. And he wasn't like laughing while he said it. He's like angrily saying this cause he's so mad I have so many answers. Like he's literally yelling at the top of his lungs in class um, with no one stopping him. I don't remember what happened after that. It was just like a fog and I just kind of cowered and shut up and let everyone else win. Um, I was ahead of them by so much. I don't know if they came, you know, if they beat me um, still, even if I was quiet for a few minutes, but I just remember being ashamed and feeling like I was a loser for knowing things. And it, like I said, it was movies I hadn't even seen um, in years. And I was, you know, I was a young person. I was only in eighth grade, but it, was, it wasn't it was things that were like readily on my mind, like I'm sitting watching Wizard of Oz every night, um, you know, at 13 years old, um, and I just felt so horrible, and, and I was like, but I do have a life, I don't have the life that he has, where he's, like, sneaking, getting high, and getting, <laughs> I almost felt his full business, getting literal <laughs> blowjobs at school, um, in the auditorium. Uh, anyways, but you know, like I wasn't doing that stuff. I was already a Sunday school teacher by the time I was in eighth grade. I sung in the choir. I you helped my mom. I uh, helped Aunt Jan. She did tutoring. I would go to her tutoring sessions. I have I had relationships with my cousins and kept them. And um, you know. Did little babysitting jobs and was at vacation Bible school and was at, you know, a lot of it was at my church. I'm realizing as I start listing my things, you know, I was a uh, in honor. I was on honor roll. I had just, um, I left the key program because of... <laughs> differences Um, that's another story I should tell that story but anyways not today so you know like I had been an honors kid and been you know in a gifted program I had been to space camp and I know that sounds super nerdy but I did go to space camp um you know I'd done all these things like I have a life it's not the life that you think is valuable but It's my life and, you know, and people judge you and make you feel bad. And ever since then, I think it gave me a complex about how I felt about pop culture. I've always loved pop culture. You know, I grew up in a small town in Indiana. Um, Television, the Internet was my lifeline to the globe. Like I, I learned about everything and I knew about what was I knew fashion in london and i'm in (laughs) kokomo and you know what i mean like it was exciting and amazing to me that i could connect to all these places and all these different people's lives and journeys um and so i i i do know facts you know i even am later in life even in my first like serious relationship like in my 20s you know like the guy he in in an insulting way, called me Google. Like, okay, Google, because I knew, I knew things. I just, if I like a television show, if I like a movie, first of all, I pay attention to the details because I'm interested in it. I am fascinated. I've always had a vivid imagination. I'm fascinated by the intricacies of a story. I, in my head, I'm and many times, if it's not, if I love it, but I felt like it can be better. Most times I'm rewriting it in my head. You know, I probably should have done something way more creative and interesting with my life and more lucrative. (laughs) But, you know, it's just always been a passion for me. So I know details about not only the characters, but the actors who play the characters. And I know their motivations and I I just know that and it's not because I don't have a life or that's all that I do. But when I learn about it, I remember it and I hold it. (laughs) I hold it dear. But whatever you're passionate about, there's a reason for that passion and there's a value in it. And even when other people don't see it, um, you know, people have made millions, billions off of the stuff that I do in my own head that I let someone else make me insecure about and so now I'm a lowly state worker <laughs> you know and you know I like the work that I do I'm passionate about state work but I mean I could be doing something way more had I not let someone who's you know really living a, a, a less a less meaningful existence bully me out of living my passion. Mm. Um. I think that's a word. I'm going to leave that there. This wasn't even supposed to be my word. It was a little story time. But it led to a word. And I'm going to let y'all marinate on that. So this Friends reunion. <laughs> first of all, I want to say that I would have much rather. Okay, first of all, the reunion was on HBO Max. It just aired um, the beginning of this month and um, I was super excited about it. Any bit, any insight on friends that I get to see and connect with, I am excited because I love friends. And I have loved friends for the majority of my life, Um, over two thirds of my life. That is so crazy. So I'm just going to say, you know, most people my age watched friends in reruns or after the fact or the tail end when we were high school because it it went off you know the last season was my senior year going um into graduating in my freshman year of college so most people didn't watch it when it aired um in 94 but i did and i was in third grade (laughs) that's so funny. But yeah, I vividly remember watching in third grade. And first of all, this wasn't my first grown show. I've always been grown. I've always watched grown TV. And um, it's always resonated with me. Number one, I always got the jokes. Number two. And number three, my mom was always like, Don't repeat anything that you know is inappropriate. Don't try anything that you know is dangerous. If you can understand television versus reality, you are allowed to watch these shows for the most part. Um there were times when she was bullied by other parents and family members and she would try to take certain shows away from me. Friends was not one of them. Even though she never liked it, she's never liked sitcom TV for the most part. She has scoffed at most of the things that I've loved. But I was in 3rd grade watching Friends and it resonated with me and I loved it from the very first episode. When I closed my eyes and think of my first memory of friends. I see the episode where Ross's, um, ex-wife comes to tell him that she is pregnant with his baby and they are, they have divorced because she is a lesbian and, um, you know, and she's now living with her lover and they want to raise the baby together. Um, and so I laugh, not because of the subject matter, but I laugh because sometimes I will hear people say things like, um, well, what about the children? You, They can't see, they shouldn't be able to see gay couples. They'll confuse them. And this is inappropriate for someone so young. Or they'll say, what am I supposed to tell my children when they see a, a gay um, man or a gay woman, or they see a gay couple kissing, or they'll say, or these are other people say, well, I didn't grow up seeing that on television. This wasn't how I grew up. And I'm like, and most of them will be younger than me. And I'm like, dude, I've been watching, um, you know, LGBTQ on television, you know, LGBTQ stories and representation on television, for as long as I can remember, RuPaul was my Beyonce before Beyonce. I mean, that's just tea. Like, for, and I'm not joking. Like, seriously, I remember, like, flipping out when... And I, I don't even know how little I could have been. I think it came out in 89. Um, So but the love shack video like i flipped my lid to see RuPaul and i knew it was RuPaul and i recognized her from <laughs> you know cuz i already knew of her like i've already i was already exposed to these representations very early there was no confusion about it most parents who say what am i supposed to tell my children if they see this they're they're really saying how do i make my children hate these these people if they see people that are lgbtq that they begin to love and admire that's what they have a problem with they don't know how to teach their children how to hate them when they see when their children learn these representations and learn that they're just people and they don't hate them and they're not afraid and they're not bigots that's what that's what the parents hate and and that's why i just laugh to say like i re i remember that like i you know that's my first Memory, And I-, I won't say it's my first memory of Friends, but when I close my eyes and think of my earliest memory of Friends, that's what comes to mind. But I know I saw episode one, day one, and I believe that was like the first episode. I believe it was, if I'm not mistaken. But I've seen every episode more than once. I can quote every line before the character says it. <laughs> um, so I was so excited for this reunion. But I was disappointed when I learned that it was not going to be a reunion in character. It was literally just an interview with James Corden. Um, so that was a disappointment. Not because of James Corden. I don't know why everyone is hating on him so hard and they were like, he made the reunion intolerable. And some people were saying um they didn't watch it because he was the inter he was the um the host. He did nothing of the sort. He was literally a facilitator, you know, he was the Meredith. You have the view type of you know he would just put forth the the topic and let the cast have at it and there were some little special moments like the casting, the set, and the cast you know actually seeing each other for for the first time they let them they filmed that part of just their reaction and their emotion and of course that was all sweet and wonderful they um did a table read of some of friends biggest moments you know. But I wanted I wanted them in character and they at towards the end James asked them what did, did they um, you know now that they're back together on the set feeling nostalgic could you see yourself saying yes to a few more episodes or you know a um, what's everybody doing what do you call them. A reboot of sorts. And Lisa Kudrow was just like, no. Um, and she said, I'm going to, um, you know, refer to what the writer said. They said if they brought us back together, they would have to um, destroy our happy ending. False. This is false. And I just hit my own mug because I'm getting so aggravated. No, that's not true. What about um, Emma going to college or. Um, the triplets getting married or, you know, there's a million reasons why they could have come back together. Joey could win an Oscar. Do you realize how hilarious that would be? Because he was such an idiot and his acting was such like (laughs) failing upward. Wouldn't that be hilarious if they come back together because they're going to the Oscars with Joey or anything? Like, call me, call me. Call me Lisa Kudrow. Call me, call me Courtney Cox. Call me Jennifer Aniston. I have scripts for days. Oh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. But anyways, I've loved this show for so 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 long. Um, it you know as I watched and even how the Gellers, um, the the actors that played Monica and Ross's parents were there and still alive. It just was like. That at one point I was like, "All oh, this cast better get up and tell God thank you." The people that have have lived and are still alive to to come back for this reunion and come together and still in their right mind and use of their limbs. I was like, "Y'all better give God a praise." I was so excited to see the Killers. That just moved me. You know they, you know they looked very, very old, but they're still here. And you know, and all six of the cast members still here. You know, there's cast younger. Uh, you know, Glee couldn't do that, sadly to say. You know, it, it's heartbreaking. And so to see Friends be gone so long, and so many of them are still here. Like Joey still recognized his hand twin. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh yeah best friend you know you know I love friends <laughs> period like I just love friends so I'm <laughs> getting so excited um the only person that seen well not only person Chandler looks bad and if you know his history with drug abuse and addiction um you know he you know he has aged poorly because of that and on top of that he had just had dental surgery before the taping and so some people were commenting that his speech was slurring and they were you know accusing him of drug addiction which I hope and pray he is not in any type of relapse state but drug addiction is a disease and you know it creeps back up on you and the fact that just days after the reunion aired um, it came out that him and his fiance broke up, which I know that's a, a tempting time for, you know, to want to relapse, but you know, I'm attributing his slurred speech and his teeth looked really, really weird by the way. Um, I don't know if he like fell and broke his teeth or if they deteriorated from drug use, but anyways, he had to have emergency dental surgery to even be there. So he had these big fake chompers in and so I'm attributing to his speech to that and I hope it is no more than that. I hope and pray that he is doing well and that he is even, you know, mending his heart in this breakup. Um, and speaking of breakup, so one of the juiciest tidbits and something I already know because like I say, when I love a show, I know the little juicy in, in, ins and outs, but um, you know, Ross and Rachel... Uh, the love affair on Friends, the big will-they-won't-they and the, you know, the big crescendo of the end of the series when they finally get together, when she says, I got off the plane. (laughs) That takes me out every time. Oh, oh my gosh, it gives me chills just thinking about it. Just thinking about my, even when I watch, I still remember my first reaction you know the when I saw that live, like, did you get off the plane? Did you get off the plane? But anyways, okay, so of course, um, you know, they shared the character. You know, the actors who played those characters, Jennifer Aniston and David Schwimmer, they shared that they actually did have really big crushes on each other, and they tried to keep it professional. Um, you know, for the per, you know, for the for the success of the show they knew what it would mean to have an ugly breakup or to be this to let jennifer and david overshadow the show and it could get messy it could get ugly the cats wouldn't be the close friends that they were now had it not worked but what if it worked y'all like when you think of jennifer and the breakups and brad's trifling tale and I don't know what happened with Justin Theroux because they're still good friends but they their marriage didn't make it and I'm like what if it was David all along Uh, like come on but um you know so it was really sweet because I didn't think I knew some of the tea but I didn't think they were gonna like share that like live in front of everybody and immediate reactions and James Corden's head exploding. But, um, you know, it was so great to see them. It made me so nostalgic. And it's like I watch Friends all the time. Um, I was so mad when it left Netflix. When I think of the golden era of Netflix, they literally had The Office, Friends, How I Met Your Mother, New Girl. They had all them shows at the same time at one point. Like Netflix, Netflix was really winning, like on another level, and I know they're still successful, but I'm like, y'all, y'all flew too close to the sun. But anyways, you know, I was mad when they, um, when Friends left Netflix, but I immediately I pre ordered HBO Plus when I HBO Max when I found out that it was gonna be on there. I was like, sign me up the day, the very hour I wanted. So I had pre, I had the pre before um it even um went live but you know the reunion was really great and i hope that the momentum and just the buzz from all this like there's a new um friends themed like hotel room that you can stay in that looks like central Park and looks like um the girls apartment and every like you know friends was already a phenomenon they already make i think close to like 14 million each a year just off the syndication and the reruns and um the merch which you know i only make up about half the merch sales <laughs> i love my friend stuff but um you know i hope that the momentum of the reunion just gives a motivation to make one great episode now don't ruin the show mind you don't ruin it. Listen to me first. But, um, if they just gave a little, a little something. I want to see Ben, like, first of all, the fact that, um, Cole Sprouse is still acting, still out here doing his thing, still handsome. Why wasn't he at the reunion? He needs to be in the reboot. Like, we need to see grown. Uh, grown. Like, can you imagine grown? Ben? First of all. Uh, uh, I'm trying not to make this too long. So, they had, like... They modeled some of the famous, uh, like... uh, Looks from the show. Like, famous costume episodes. Um... They had the holiday armadillo and Rachel's um, bridesmaid dress. But they had people that were not connected to the show the least bit. They had freaking Justin Bieber there. Like, even even Cole Sprouse could have did that because the holiday armadillo was for him. It was to teach him about Hanukkah. Like, why? (laughs) Missed opportunity. I know COVID's going on, and I know he's, like I said, he is currently acting and doing his thing but i'm like i saw him out partying like the night after the reunion and i mean and i know they pre-taped it or whatever so i don't know when they actually taped this but i'm like y'all did y'all make the call at least did y'all try did y'all book a flight if y'all could get justin bieber like but anyways but i love the reunion i love friends I want more, we want more, we want more. When you want more, less stuff. (laughs) Does anybody remember that commercial or is it just me? Because I quote it often. But yeah, that's all I have to say. I'm just rambling, best friend, you know you missed me. You know what airs tomorrow? The Loki series on Disney Plus starts tomorrow, June 9th. It'll air every Wednesday with new episodes. Loki has returned. He is burdened with glorious purpose once again. We are so excited. I love Loki. There is nothing Loki about the way I love Loki. I am so excited for this. Um, he is the brother of Thor, the rightful king of Jotunheim, Odin's son, the prince of Asgard. We're talking about Loki! So, if you watch Endgame, you know that Loki escaped with the Tesseract. We never see him for the rest of Endgame. So, this picks up where his storyline leaves off, what happens to him once he has escaped with the Tesseract. He was literally headed off (laughs) to prison to be locked up for his crimes. Um, When they returned to the Battle of New York, um, you know, they did time travel, returned to that whole thing. And so... Ho- loki is alive it is not the loki that sacrificed himself in infinity war this is an early loki before he has been redeemed so that's very interesting too and i don't feel like they're going to keep continuity because if you remember during the battle of new york the first avengers movie loki was under control of the scepter and that is now canon you can quote me look it up google it i'll be on them straight mcu facts Anyways, so, um, you know, he was under the scepter's control by Thanos. So, and you can, even if you watch it, you can go back and you see the dark circles under his eyes, that edging that everyone who is controlled by the scepter has, that mesmerized look. Um, He has that. So, if they got him then, he would not have been... From under that spell, unless they're saying, if you remember in the Marvel First Avengers, after he's been captured, um, he goes, <laughs> he goes at Hulk, talking slick, talking about, um, you know, I'm a god, blah 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 blah, and uh, the Hulk literally battle battles him, bashes him back and forth, grabs him by his feet and slings him like a rag doll, knocking him in the head. And if you remember, getting knocked in the head is how Black Widow freed Hawkeye from um the Scepter's mind control. So perhaps he is free from the mind control by the time he escapes. I think I'm going to go with that. I like that um rather than being mad at them when they don't have him still being the evil the evil to the 10th power loki because that's what he was in Avengers Endgame because he was mind controlled. Okay, I'm going to go with that. I just worked that out in my own mind. I'm going to give them some credit. So in in this in this series, he will be both hero and villain like Loki always is. But basically, he's going to be captured for his um crimes by the TVA and um they're like the the time police and they they see Loki um they actually know that he has escaped with the Tesseract and they see him messing with timelines because you know he's just doing his thing but what he's doing you know as we learned in in Endgame that you know time is not linear like if you go back in time your past becomes your future blah blah, blah. you know how Hulk explained it you MCU fans so when he when, <laughs> when Loki's dibbling and dabbling the TVA realizes that somebody is messing with the timelines and so they capture him so basically he's gonna be like a work release he's basically gonna work off and do the t v a s bidding to not be put in prison um and I will mind you, I have not been watching, even though sometimes I will love and I will save the um trailers and the all the tidbits that they're putting out on social media. I will not actually watch them. I'll not unmute them because I want to be surprised, I want to be mesmerized by every every shock and awe every um um guest appearance every place loki goes i want to be mesmerized i want to be all in i am going to be wrapped up tangled and tied up in this series loki you know i love you oh my gosh i almost said something crazy but i i'm wearing my loki shirt tomorrow i will be in green and gold oh my gosh i'm so excited um uh, marvel is really making some great series on disney plus uh WandaVision was excellent, amazing. Uh the um Falcon Winter Soldier series was really great. So I'm expecting great things. Do not, do not mess up my baby Loki. I'm here for it. Tom Hiddleston is everything. I love him. Like I crush on Tom Hiddleston so hard. I am a Hiddleston. Come for me if you want to. First of all, Tom Hiddleston is everything. Um I'm so excited for this series. Um I will try. I really want to um be consistent so that I can Give a recap of every episode. I'm so excited. Like, I'm cheesing so hard. And I've made this episode too long, best friend. So, I'm going to end it here. I actually did my word early. So, I will just tell you this. I love you. I hope that you are enjoying this beautiful month of June. This is Pride Month. This is also Black Music Month. Um, So, if you know any Black queer artists... Um y you, you're knocking out two birds with one stone. Um so get into it and I'm gonna hip you to one right now. Love you best friend. Bye. Um I found myself I feel so lost, and never truth that I discover feels so false, and every mountain that I climb that seems so tall. It only felt that way cause the valley was so small Excuse me wow. I just brought pretty much out of my mind